Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there called good. The old like Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon! Oh, hey, happy Wednesday to everybody. Happy hump day. Hey, look at that. We figured out which day of the week it was before the second segment. Well, don't don't assume things. I could forget this very quickly. I have a tendency and a propensity to do that. Just ask my lovely bride. <laughs> I have a tendency to forget things quite often. You remembered your pin this morning. I did. I did. I'm I'm supporting Portland teachers because I got I get yelled at if I don't have it on. Like I had your back all, all day long. I had your back everywhere you I go. In. My wife is a teacher, and she's not just a teacher. Uh, She's Russian, so she gets feisty. <laughs> but I support uh, my Portland teachers. So yeah, I got my pin on. She came in. Uh, they're doing their whole their picketing. And then uh, she came in, warmed up, got some lunch, and she's back at it again. She was very jealous of our of our lunchroom. She is. Mm. Yeah. Was she, was she we don't about use it. it. Yeah, say, we, 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 we eat out here in the open like animals. We don't ever use the, our very That's incredibly right. nice kitchen. It's all That's the way right. at the other end of the building. It is. You know, they have these tables set up right outside the studios. Here. Has, has Swag so. used his swag hole to cook yet? No. No. The people don't know what the swag hole is, mm. and I'll let everybody know. If you if you maybe have heard this like a year ago, uh, the swag hole is a thing, and it was something that he, he discussed with our Supreme Leader, Kim, um, Wow, that's Supreme Leader Kim, huh? That's, that's pretty pretty. Is that what the pillows? See for, what man? I see what I did there. <laughs> Supreme Leader Kim Martinez, not mm. not not not. That I know Kim. what you guys are thinking. Yeah. Not that one. Supreme Leader Kim, not Jong Un Martinez or ill <laughs> or ill. <laughs> Supreme Leader Kim Martinez uh, was talking to us as they were building this whole building out, and. Uh, Swag, it was at the the Fan Golf Classic. It was at the golf tournament, and Swag had gotten a little little liquored up, and he 
was really pushing. Like it was over the top. Wanting what he would call it. not it wasn't the swaggle, it was the swag jack. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I'm not sure that's any better. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. But when I heard he's he asked uh he asked Supreme Leader Kim uh for the swag jack, and I looked over at him, I said, Excuse me? And that's when I got in on this conversation, and it will live in infamy because he was asking for a port that he could put a headset into, plug into, and he wanted to cook on the radio. He wanted the ability to do cooking segments on the radio. Well, I mean, maybe we can move it over to our YouTube. You know, there we go. We could do it now. That's our branding part of this. We could do it now. We have the cameras. They've caught caught Buck stealing energy drinks before. And they've also caught uh, my, my Grubhub thief. They did. We love cameras here. Yeah. Um, but also... We do already have a three-hour television show that we air on the radio right before us. Yeah. yeah. Also true. Check out this film. Thanks, yeah. Colin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch this film. But no, swag, swag was like, I can cook, and uh, like it could do like tailgating segments, and it'll be on the radio. And I was like, that's cool, but you could just like give us your recipes. I think you the, the move here is to go... F- have you seen like the Danny DeVito, Jersey Mike's commercials where they... Where he goes around with a vacuum and he's mm. just taking the sizzle to go. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, he has like a like a big backpack vacuum. I do enjoy goes... the one where he has the ponytail and the saxophone. Yes, yes, also very good. But he goes over to the grill as they're like, you know, they, they have the hot subs there, and he vacuums up the sizzle. Get out of and town. He takes it home. So there you go. You could <clears throat> we, we could have we can we could have a sizzle mic. I just had a Jersey Mike's uh, cheesesteak the other day too. Jersey Mike's is a solid sandwich. Yeah. It's okay. It is. I, I, I uh, this is controversial, and I know it'll it'll a lot of backlash. Mm. Not a big sub guy. Not a big like okay. uh, sub guy. I I am pro. I do a lot of sandwiches. I, one thing I was very I, I was like okay sandwiches are good. Yeah. I like a good sandwich, but like I'm not if I'm going chain. I was more of a Quiznos guy. We oh, yes. got those. Uh, R.I.P. Quiznos. Uh, Firehouse is also, also a good one yep. where they cook the sub. Yep. Like, I'm a warm sub yep. guy. I'm 100% with you. Yeah. When, when I get mine from Capriati's, it's always the, the grilled Italian. So, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. See, but that is a different level than than the quick sub. I'm talking yeah. like, I'm not a big oh, quick sub guy. No, even Capriati's is a chain. Yeah, really? It, yeah. But it's not like a... Is not, it, is yeah, it, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a chain chain. Like, it's not like it's a couple. Like, they're all over the place. But, really. I, but I think, like, there's levels, right? Sure. Yeah, there's, there's levels. I, there's gonna... levels. Like, like, uh, like, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Victor Eco's guy, but Victor Eco's is a step up from, from you know, Taco Bell oh, sure. and all of yeah, that. Like, 100%. there's levels to your yeah. quick food that you get. And they make a mean torta. Mm. Yes, they do. God, they're yes. freaking breakfast burritos they had at the golf tournament. Oh, God, those were good. Kidding me? Chorizo. Uh, I don't know what they do to the tortillas, and their red sauce is incredible. The red sauce is. They have the best my, fast my, food red sauce that I've come across. Yeah, my refrigerator's 100%. full of it. Oh, why is mine not? You could. You could have yours. It's not because I have like a special hookup. <laughs> it's that we ask for a couple extra red sauces sauce every time there, we go, yeah, and, and you hoard them. We literally go all the time, so it's like uh, we just have we we got them all there. There's and a. It's uh, been like that way for years in our refrigerator. So living in Newburgh, there's not a ton of. Options for the old Sandos. That's yeah. just the was it Subway, and then they're putting in a Jersey Mike's. Like that's like okay. the, that's the upgrade. But there's an Italian spot 
called um, Ross Marino. It's always packed. It's where all the out-of-towners come in, uh, eat. It's a very high-level Italian sure. spot, so all the people come into town for the wine. And oh, I know summer. where that is. Is that that's as right you're leaving the, yeah, right town? There, right there on the strip. Right yeah. where it narrows out, yeah. Yep. I know, I've been there. Tiny little spot right there in Old Town Newburgh. Food is incredible, like yeah. from scratch, everything, right? They opened up a, a little uh, delicatessen, and so the mm. wife and I went there this weekend, and they had um, fresh everything sandwiches, like uh, paninis. Yeah. And so it was like fresh cut prosciutto with like imported Italian prosciutto and fresh cut uh, um, uh, fontina on fresh made baguettes and like the fire roasted tomatoes that were made like right then. And like they were the most insane paninis I've ever had in my entire life and they were only $10 and I need them to not wait until noon did, to be open. Did anybody else notice that his voice changed like he was like talking dirty to everybody out there when he was doing that? <laughs> it like, is, there, was like, there was like a weird cadence to the it, way that you're talking. When you said the word delicatessen, like you, you put the boom. wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> and it was like, once you said that word, all of a sudden your voice changed and you went into like talking dirty mm-hmm. Italian meats, any oh, <laughs> meringue. You you can get a holy smokes. You can get a bolognese like yeah. from scratch to go. Wow. Like you have that. You can have some basil pesto. <laughs> I mean, this, this place. Uh, <laughs> our, our our sales guy Joe Fish has been in there too. It is to die for. Listen to you over here. To also, die for. Shout Listen out Geraldi's in Beaverton too. There you That's go. There's one. there's the OG spot. And uh, also this texter on the Vancouver Ford text line, uh, the Beaverton Substation. Yeah. Yes. Well, that was okay. tremendous. Uh, Beaverton Substation was my father-in-law's old restaurant. Oh, nice. really? Yes. So that place was good. They had yeah. the milkshake place, the ice cream place on the other side, yeah, right? Sold yeah. it out. Sold it off a couple years ago. All right. right. Yeah. That's mm. that whole downtown Beaverton area. That is a turnaround and a big come up that yeah. they've had because, like, all it used to be was like a Mary Jane's house of glass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that whole that whole triangular <laughs> building. That's my father in law's building. So it's a, a historic yeah. landmark in Beaverton. The and old the uh, stars driving, right down the street. The old Sands well, driving that one got when I was a kid. Yeah, the stars got closed because they were doing things um, yeah. beyond like what they're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, from going to the area where it was like you had, like, a, a stars, Planned Parenthood, and uh, Mary Jane's House of Glass. And Hooters. Into, into what is now, like, a really nice area yeah. to, like, go out and have dinner yeah. and drinks. And they've that whole area is really picked up. You got, like, the Big's Chicken is over there. Yeah, so uh, funny, funny coincidence. Hmm. Um, the, the story itself of why I was home was not great. My mom had cancer um, when I was in Afghanistan, and I got my commanders like, "Go home, dude." And so they put me on a plane to go home. Was that part? Of, like, that's very sad. Like yeah, that, it is that ruined. Like how everybody's yes. thinking about that is part of like, your story. She's, she's fine, uh, but <laughs> I don't uh, think it was a necessary part of the story, Danny. But I, I came home on leave, and it was the same weekend that Hooters opened. <laughs> It's it so, definitely was not necessary as part of the story. Okay. But I'm saying <laughs> Gotta this. Gotta set the whole scene. You My do. My mom had cancer, so I went to Hooters. No, so I was at the hospital. <laughs> oh, even worse. I was at the hospital, and everybody's there like, go literally anywhere else but here. Like, you're not doing good here. Like, you're... And and I had a buddy. He's like, hey, the Hooters in Beaverton opened up. And I was like, sure, why not? We went there. The line for that place when it opened up wrapped around the building uh fortunately or and or unfortunately half the people that worked there I went to high school with oh my god so gosh. they came and brought us in in front of the line and took my my mind off what was a horrible trip home uh, nothing it's, like being a vip god. at hooters right on opening weekend <laughs> 
It was uh, <laughs> certainly an, an interesting trip. I think we broke Dusty. <laughs> my mom had cancer, so yeah. I went to Hooters. My mom and I cut got to cut the line because I knew I grew up with all of them that were working there. Uh, you ever told somebody you was in kindergarten with to have the chicken breast hold the chicken? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, uh, somehow, some way, we sh- <laughs> we shall recover. <laughs> I don't think we will. Um, one text that came in, Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. Uh, Danny DeVito is the man. D- that just yeah, came in. That's just yeah. the truth. Has there been a, a, a an actor who has had, like, the pivot that we've seen Danny DeVito have? Boy. Because he was in Taxi, and he yeah. was great in Taxi. Yeah. Twins, of course. Twins. A legend. He was the Penguin. Mm-hmm. And then when he started on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia season two, I mean, his arc just went from like being Danny DeVito, which was character actor, short guy, funny, to being the worst human being <laughs> of all time. That is absolutely hilarious. Mm. In that, like, I don't know if anybody could quite pull it off the way that Danny DeVito did. That, that up and down? Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was really the first villain. Out, out, ah, that's not true. Well, he wasn't. Uh, uh, yeah. No, because the, the, the comic movies, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. He was the Penguin. Uh, he was, but he, he was wasn't the, the first great one because Jack as Joker was the first. Yeah. That was, I mean, they were still doing the comic booky stuff, but... That was the first home run villain was was Jack Nicholson's. Joke. Gosh, but Devito's Devito's Penguin was great. It was a terrible movie, but it was great. Yeah, I like Danny Devito. I'm pro Danny Devito. Ah, uh, yes, I, I would like more Danny. De- How old is Danny Devito? Because it feels like he's just been in the zeitgeist. He's got to be in his seventies. Like, yeah, so he feels like he's been around forever. Well, and there was a movie apparently like early nineties or something. I want to say it was Matilda. And something happened to the child actress in this movie to her parents, and so Danny Devito and Rhea Perlman. Basically adopted her and have made sure that she's never wanted for anything in her entire life since that movie. So for thirty some years, and yeah, see, yeah, taking care. That of is amazing. That's yeah. one. He is seventy eight. Also, and his wife Rita Perlman, Carla, Carla Tortelli from Cheers. Yeah, she's fantastic 70, too. Seventy five years old. Wow. And also the creator of Barbie in the Barbie movie. Oh, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The not the, the actual yeah. creator yes. of Barbie. Danny's like, head was like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah, my, that's like, why I said in the Barbie <laughs> movie. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, official listed height of Danny DeVito four foot ten. Wow, that is. I mean, I knew he was short. I didn't realize he was that short. What is okay? Four foot eight. Okay, yeah, you know, right <laughs> off the top of your head there. <laughs> he knew it. He now, what do you think the odds are? Because that's that's because Danny went to some midget wrestling. And he's like, no, no, this guy's too tall. Danny, uh, Danny has one hundred percent gotten somebody DQ'd because of that. You have to finish the question. Yeah. I knew where he was going. Immediately knew where he was going. <laughs> well, we all knew. I knew that you had it. I knew that you had it holstered. For um, us. The reason I know this is I went to a girl with high, in high school. Um, and she, I hope that this isn't as sad as the no, twist that your Hooter story took. No, no, no. She, uh, she always used to joke. She's like, I'm just tall enough to not be, not have to claim that. Oh, she was just tiny. Okay, just tiny. All right. So she, she'd be like, No, yeah, 
somebody like, are you a, you know, and she, no, I'm not a little I'm, person, no. not a little person, just a short person. I'm 410. All right. I, I don't claim that. Dan. Okay. Well, that, that was the question that I was going mm-hmm. for. And we had answers there. The wild thing is she'd put on two inch heels and still be five foot. That's how math works. <laughs> Pretty incredible. That's incredible. Pretty incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. All right. Uh, um, well, yeah, I'm with this texture. We do need to get Danny DeVito to stand next to Wemby because I, <laughs> I would love There's to a, see that. Does, does, does he make it to his waist? Oh, oh God, no. 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 no, 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 no. Have you seen the picture of Wemby and Reggie Miller back to back? No, but I do have, I do have Wemby. I have Wemby in the, in the notes for today. Mm. Okay. Because he didn't Ichiro the situation, and we'll talk about it Ooh. today. And somebody got a ricochet shot that I think is our worst day on the web mm. out of this whole thing. It was a it was a horrific ricochet shot out of Wemby. So uh, we will have that today. We will uh, have our, our Ryan Horvat, Bet MGM, the host of Bet MGM tonight, our BetQL Network Insider. He'll join us at one thirty, as he always does on Wednesdays. We'll start uh, taking a look at the weekend of college football as well. The new college football playoff rankings are out, and everybody's all hot and bothered over what Greg McElroy said. We'll let you know if you haven't heard it yet, and uh, I'll tell you why he's not wrong. He's not. He really isn't. Uh, but where we got to start this bad boy off, we have Antonio Morales of The Athletic. He joins us at 1230 for an early look at Oregon and USC. How much could change just five days out post-Alex Grinch era? This is Danny and Dusty on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Five zero three eight six four six three two six. That is the Vancouver Ford text line. That's how you can be a part of the program, or you can uh, put the YouTube comments in there. We're we're streaming live. YouTube.com slash ten eighty a.m. The fan. Uh, like, subscribe, do all that, and the comment section is always a. Let's see. An adventure? Shall we call it an adventure? I think that's fair. That's a safe way to categorize it. I can't comment on the YouTube stream for some reason. You just need to sign in. That's what I need to do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I get in there and comment under my Googles. Your Googles? Well, you know, because it's all the same thing. Is it? Thing. Yeah, yeah, Google is YouTube. YouTube is Google. Finkel is Einhorn. What? Yeah. Yeah. No way. Alphabet yeah. Company. Who knew? That's who cuts my check. Well, apparently most people did. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Um, But you go in there, uh, I guess I'll sign in right meow. Mm. Wait, why am I not signed in? Mm. What the hell's going on Work here? laptop. All right. Um, anyways, you can be part of that, uh, that comment section right there. And mm-hmm. it's a glimpse. It really is a glimpse into the 
what the text line is like, except for we can see your names and not just your phone numbers. Yes. But, um, but don't get me wrong. I can find who you are. I Yeah, we know. <laughs> I, <laughs> one thing about the text line that is, is the YouTube comments are just a, a microcosm of what the text line is. Yeah, 100%. The text line is a completely different planet. And it gets inundated, uh, but you get a glimpse of kind of what we see on on the on the Vancouver Ford text line, five zero three eight six four six three two six. So be a part of the program. All right, let's do it. All right, uh, USC Oregon Pac twelve after dark. It, it's going to get weird in Eugene. Um, these games always do, and Oregon SC is always a fun matchup um, because you know it, it used to be this game was. All the guys that went to Oregon used to be all the guys that didn't get recruited by USC, mm-hmm. and there was like that little chip on the shoulder, and it was it was uh, us against the team that I grew up in in your backyard. You didn't even offer me, and you didn't recruit me. I'm going to show you um, that I am better, and I I can I can play on the same stage. This has evolved into what Dan Lanning didn't even hide from. This is a this is two heavyweights of the West Coast mm-hmm. in the recruiting game. Yeah, I think every game around here matters, right? And I'm, I think certainly this one, especially the amount of time we spend um, recruiting in California, I think, um, you know, the battles that exist, you know, just in every sport, you know, between our universities, this is one that obviously means a lot to a lot of people. But I can promise you nobody wants to win this game more than uh, myself and our players. You know, they're working really hard uh, for a great result on Saturday. And obviously it's a really good team that we have to go play. It's a recruiting battle. This is a recruiting battle. 100%. Make no mistake about it. Like, this is, you got the two the two of the best recruiters on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to disrespect Washington. It, just look at the data. It is what it is. Look at the recruiting rankings. Um, this is this is a far more meaningful game and that's a that's a cool evolution of of this matchup together but it has a whole lot more riding on it because of the fact that look Alex Grinch was fired he was fired on Sunday hmm. and much to the happiness hmm. of Danny Morang <laughs> but the question is like how much could possibly change in 5 days by just adding Sean Nua and Brian Odom as your defensive coordinators Functionally, there can yeah. be some. There can be some, some different stuff as far as how they go about it, simplifying game plans, aggressiveness, passiveness, play calling. See, but that, as far as the responsibilities, the attention to detail, the, that kind of stuff, I, I don't know how much you're going to see that. I mean, if you, the other part of this world is looking at something as simple as, uh, not simple, but the, the a very I can't draw straight lines NFL college, but with McDaniels being dismissed, how different the Raiders looked. Um, but that is, I think what is bit, the big difference here is that you had a roster, like the the Raiders were underperforming sure. by any metric, right? And there were things that they did where it was just like, they, they showed they didn't care. USC is a bad tackling team. Yes. And there's the adage is like, if you are a bad tackling team, you will not become just a better tackling team no, overnight. Especially with when it's like a coaching change. And to put it into to context, USC has 112 missed tackles this year. Mm-hmm. Aren't, weren't they like around that 112th in tackling? They are 102nd in tackling yeah. this season. With 112 missed tackles. And to put that into context, like Oregon, who they're facing this week, 
is one of the best tackling teams in the country. They only have 62 missed tackles this year. And you add that to Bucky Irving has forced 44 missed tackles this year. He's one of the leaders in the country in enforcing missed tackles. Jordan James is a yard-after-contact machine. I think both of those guys have, uh, they average the exact same number, 4.03 yards um, after contact. is Four yards after contact is what they average this season. That's If you're getting four yards a carry, you're doing good. Now... That is with now you're going up against one of the worst tackling teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that it doesn't change in five days. To what you're saying, yeah. what can change? I think schematically, and that's what uh, you we hear both Nua and Odom are saying is that we're going to go to the line. And we're only going to have like one play called, and we're just going to make it simple because I think this is the biggest disconnect with Alex Grinch and why I was like Alex Grinch really isn't the whole issue here. Mm-hmm. They were the players couldn't execute a complex game plan. Sure. The if-then of, mm-hmm. of football, right? If they do this, then we do this. And when you're on defense, you are reactionary, yeah. right? And you saw just very simple clinical breakdowns over and over and over again of um, Damani Jackson against Washington. Uh, he the Was it the second quarter? They com- yeah. complete. It's a five-star commit, a guy that was, I think he was the highest-rated corner in the country in his class last year. Yep. Um, Forgets about Roma Dunze. That would be a guy I would remember. Like that's. I think the game plan was always know where number one is. Yeah, fun, the six foot three, two hundred twenty five pound guy who runs a four three forty and is the, probably the second best receiver in the country. Bracket him. Can we Why? talk about that catch that Adunze had on the final drive of that game at some point? Good lord! Did you? Th- what that was incredible. I mean, he. W- and then he just kind of just got up and just, just stared was, at the DB yeah. like. Mm-mm. Good luck. No. Yeah, I mean it's just. But I mean. The fact that that's not getting through people's heads, that's also part of coaching. Yeah. And if you are trying to do stuff, look, if you want to, for for basketball fans, people were like, why aren't the Blazers more aggressive? It's like, well, that was because they had Yusuf Nurkic. Now they have it with DeAndre Ayton, and and look how different it looks. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to match your personnel. You can't just force your scheme on guys. (laughs) And if guys can't run it, like the, the number of times, look, Mason Cobb is probably the only guy on that defense that I trust to make tackles. He was second in the nation in tackles last year at Oklahoma State. He's a very sure tackler. The number of times I've seen him in drop coverage on a wide receiver blows my mind. Yeah. Why are you taking your surest tackler on the field and putting him on a slot guy? Yeah. When you're, you know, you know that as soon as a team sees him vacate, they're going, <laughs> time to run. Yep. And it's that's the kind those are the kind of things that killed me because the number of big plays you you would see it happen. You would see it happen that, every single that's time. That's not changing in 5 days because this is a just as much as they have a depth issue, mm-hmm. it's a personnel issue of understanding conceptually yes. what you're trying scheme, to achieve scheme concept d- defensively yeah. and that's not going to change and we'll find out come Saturday how far along they are in what this change means because keeping it simple not necessarily the best thing to do when you're going up against a guy who started more games than any other quarterback in all of college football's mm. history uh let's get, take a diver deep into USC Antonio Morales covers the team for the athletic he joins us next first big Huna, he's got sports center
This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Joining us now is a man that we check in with for all things USC football. He is a, a writer for The Athletic. He covers USC. He is Antonio Morales joining us again. Antonio, how you doing, my man? Good. It's good to be back with you guys. Hey, all right. It's been a weird week. Uh, there's no other way to, to put it down there. Lincoln Riley um, doing what he uh, had been reluctant to do and, and said he didn't want to do earlier this season, parting ways with uh, defensive coordinator Alex Grinch after giving up 52 spot to Washington on Saturday. How has, uh, what went into that process and kind of where are we at now Wednesday, uh, a few days removed from Grinch's firing? Well, I, I think it had to be done not just the the 52 to to washington it was uh, the 49 they gave up the week before to cal and the, the 34 they gave up to bryson barnes in utah uh, the week before that and the 41 and they gave up to colorado and arizona it's just been an accumulation of things getting back to the, to the second half of last year when the defense really fell apart over the final six to, to seven weeks of the season um, so I think it was something that had been building up. I know Lincoln Riley wanted to give Alex Grinch a, a chance to see what he could do with better personnel this season, but they added talent and it got, the defense has gotten worse, which is kind of unimaginable. Um, but um, that's the situation USC finds itself in. And, um, you know, this week, I think what you hear is kind of what you hear from players and coaches when there is a change like this on the defensive side of the ball, they're trying to simplify things. I do think, that isn't cliche. I think Alex Grinch had them doing too much and um, had them running a really complicated defense to where a lot of people just seem confused all the time. Yep. Um, so I'm curious to see how that how that changes this week and what they do to try to simplify it. Antonio, obviously um, making this change now ahead of a, a game against Oregon, uh, probably not the one you wanted to yeah. do it against. Um but what what I, I I hesitate to even use the word like what's what's a salvageable week for USC in, in this situation now? Uh, it's a it's a great question because it's hard to really pinpoint what is a salvageable week. Obviously, the goal for them is to win the game. But like somebody asked me like what the score would be. This is before Grinch was fired. Like as the Washington game was going on, I was just thinking to myself, I was like seventy is not out of the question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just like you know Dan Landing, and this is a big recruiting competitor that USC is a big recruiting competitor for them. You know, he'd want to run up the score against them. Um, and uh, so it's like 70 is another question. Now it's maybe it'll be a little less. I'd probably put it like 56, 63 points. I, I would, so I would guess Oregon might score, um, but um, yeah, it's, it's tough to say. This is USC doesn't do anything well on defense. I know they, they touted their pass rush numbers, uh, when they were six and zero, uh, but over the past four games, those pass rush numbers have you know, fallen off a cliff. I think they had twenty two sacks in the first six games. I think they only have two or three since then. Um, they don't stop the run well, and that's not something you you want to have as a weakness when you're about to face Oregon and Bucky Irving. And uh, they don't stop the pass well either. So it's it's really hard to see how they could play well this weekend against Oregon. 
Antonio, one of the things that was coming out of um, USC early on wasn't from the coaching staff, it was from the players uh, about defending Grinch and going to bat for him and saying that, you know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't the, the play calls, it was on them. Have you, have you heard anything from the players post-Grinch dismissal and kind of how they're reacting and how they're taking it and kind of what the, the process is for them? Yeah, we spoke to them a bit yesterday, but it was kind of, you know, they weren't, obviously I think they were bummed about the defensive coordinator getting fired, but I think they were trying to move on and kind of go forward. Um, I think they had been in the previous weeks, they had been kind of looking at themselves too. Um, like you said, there were some impassioned guys who were saying uh, they need to make tackles and they're in the proper positions. They just need to make plays. Uh, but even the past couple of weeks, there's, I think there's a fourth and six against Washington and, um, they left Roma Dunze wide open on a critical fourth and six, and he caught a twenty-yard pass. So um, there's guys that are that weren't making positions to make that weren't uh, making plays when they when they were in position to, and then there were just times where nobody was in position to make a play. And um, so I think it's yeah, it's defending Alex Grinch, and sometimes they did, but obviously like the Washington game was kind of indefensible. Um, so I'm curious to see how they kind of bounce back and move forward from it. Antonio Morales is our guest. He covers USC for The Athletic. You know, this is one of those matchups. There's very few of them on the schedule where we could say, hey, we'll be able to see him again next year when when they go to the Big Ten. But uh, on the offensive side of the football, look, the defense has been atrocious. The offense is just humming right along. And I think that kind of lost in everything with the defense melting down the way that it has is that – this offense is just as good as it's ever been before. They're averaging 44.7 points per game in conference play alone. Um, On that flip side of the ball, what does USC bring to the table that that Oregon hasn't seen? Because they saw a great receiving core with Washington, but there is speed on top of speed and kind of that old-school vein of USC football offensively. Yeah, I think this will be probably the most balanced offense they've face this season. I know a lot of USC fans will question Lincoln Riley's kind of commitment to running the ball, but they ran they ran the ball well against Washington on Saturday night. Um, we'll see if Marshawn Lloyd is ready to play. He missed the game against Washington on, on Saturday, but like I said, they, they ran the ball well. Austin Jones is an experienced back, and if he has to start, I think uh, USC would still be fine in, in the run game. Um, so I think there's so many different elements of USC's offense that are like, obviously they Tyler Shaw, Tyler Shaw, when they played him at Texas tech, he ran the ball well. Caleb can run the ball well too, but he could throw the ball well. And then USC has a good set of receivers and they have a good running game. So I think um, there's just so many different angles. USC can attack a defense from, I'm kind of curious to see how the offensive line will hold up this week. They had their struggles with, with uh, Braylon Trice of Washington this past week. And, I think this will be one of the best fronts. This Oregon front or Utah will probably be the best front USC's faced this season. The offensive lines had their issues um, in some of the high-profile games USC's had this year. So I want to see if they can protect Caleb Williams and if they'll hold up well um, against this Oregon pass rush. Antonio, Lincoln Riley has, has said that, that this team is kind of uh, buckled under expectations and that they're ahead of schedule and – things that seem to kind of dismiss some of the, the lingering issues with the program. Uh, what does the rest of this season look like for them with the, the playoff and the, the Pac-12 title out of the way and Caleb Williams likely, you know, finishing his career at USC and heading off to the NFL? What, what does this, like, what, what, 
I don't even know if say that it, it was success is the right way. What are the necessary steps that the steps the program needs to take to kind of advance beyond um, what they've been really for the past 18 months? That's what I'm really fascinated to see. Lincoln Riley hasn't lost more than three games in a season and he's lost three times in the past four weeks. And uh, he's a, he's a 16 and a half point, 17 and a half point, whatever it is underdog at Oregon. So that might be the fourth loss of the season and it's not inconceivable. They could lose to UCLA. So there's a chance they could end up seven and five after starting six and zero with all, all the expectations in the world. So it's really fascinating. Obviously, this defensive coordinator search is going to go a long way in uh, determining the trajectory of the program under Riley and how they do because um, they need to recruit better, too. That's something that hasn't gone as well or gone as expected um, from when Lincoln Riley first took over the program. They lost a lot of recruiting battles to Dan Landing in Oregon. Um, that's something that has to change. I think recruiting will be something that to emphasize in that coordinator search Um but I just think the way um, I, Lincoln Riley's going to look, really look inward this offseason would be interesting to see like who he listens to and who he leans on for advice, uh, just because he hasn't really faced adversity like this in, in his career. It's a, a string of 10-2 and two seasons and Big 12 titles and playoff appearances and Pac-12 title game appearances. He's not used to his team kind of being irrelevant by November. He's used to playing deep in deep into the season and having meaningful bowl games in January. And this season's barring an unexpected upset at Oregon. It's, it's not going to end that way. So um, I think he has to really look inward and kind of evaluate what the program is doing on and off the field. Because like I said, recruiting's not going well either. And that's kind of where, you know, where the hope, if you're a fan, that's where it comes from. Like, okay, there's this elite recruiting class on the way, but right now there's, there's none really on the way. So I think he has to evaluate, just a lot of different things in terms of what the program's doing. What are the early names of, of people that, you know, whether it's inside the program and surrounding the program or the fan base is looking for as far as a defensive coordinator in that next hire? Yeah, yeah I think that on top of the fan base's wish list is probably Jim Leonard, the former Wisconsin yeah. defensive coordinator and <laughs> Illinois analyst. <laughs> I think uh, he's on top of the wish list. We'll see how that goes. He's been the guy who's spent his whole career in the Midwest. So I'm, like would he want to move to LA and uh, recruit at the, at the high level that you'll need to uh, to be at USC and to compete at the highest levels in the Big Ten? Um, so there's that. Uh, some fans have thrown, have thrown out Jimmy Lake, but Jen Cohen's the AD at USC now, and she fired him at <laughs> UW. So like, I don't, know, I don't, I don't think know if that would work well. well. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think it would work well either. Um, so, you know, some, those are some of the names yeah. that you see, obviously there's others out there. Um, but you know, those are, I think Jim Leonard's at the top of the wish list right now for the fans and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Well, as of right now, there's no rain forecasted for, for Autzen stadium on Saturday. And it, as they say, it never rains at Autzen stadium. So we won't have to see the guy with the squirt gun squirting down the, the, the punt returners this week <laughs> yep. in practice, but we will see you pack 12 after dark. It's going to get weird uh, in Eugene on Saturday night, Antonio Morales for the athletic man. Thank you uh, so much for the time and we'll see you on Saturday. Right. Thanks for having me guys. There he is. Antonio Morales of the athletic look, uh, this is a tough time because what we were talking about leading up to Antonio was mm-hmm. firing Alex Grinch is putting a bandaid over a bullet wound. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not the fix, but you're, you're, you're triaging. That's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. 
how much can you stop the bleeding? And this is the thing is when you think too much on defense, you get burnt. Mm-hmm. What they're saying, and, and this is what made, and I saw in the YouTube uh, comments, an actual duck, that's somebody's name, their handle on YouTube, asked, when has uh, an air raid team ever had a, a good defense? Alex Grinch with Mike Leach at Washington State. Mm-hmm. They had a good defense, but they didn't have a bunch of five stars that were athletic freaks. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of guys that were smart as hell. Yeah. And I think, in fact, like one of their linebackers is now a coach, is one of the coaches at Portland State, lead assistant at Portland State. So, I mean, it's like what they did was it was you give multiple calls and you basically run your defense as the air raid offense operates, mm-hmm. which is you give a couple of calls. If A, if a then B, if B, Yeah, then C. and this is how you react and you always have an answer and a check, mm-hmm. right? right? Right. What USC is doing and what Oklahoma is doing is they're thinking too much. Mm-hmm. And when you think, you're slow to react. When you're slow to react, you're also you're a poor con- tackler. And they yeah. don't do a lot of contact. I, I know Andy Staples had this on his podcast earlier in the week where he said uh, – he was talking about how, like, if you don't tackle in practice, how do you expect to be good at tackling in games? Uh, they, the, USC has not been a good tackling team since Pete. Yeah, that's that's the the I mean, long and short of it. And as as contact is going down in practices, and that's a regulated rules mm-hmm. of how many days of contact you can have, you still have got to like pound in, in, in those, those in those days you need to make sure well, you're good and in the days that it's not you have to pound in the fundamentals mm-hmm. of tackling and maybe there's just a little bit of eye off the prize in that regard because they're atrocious at tackling yes i mean it's it's I, I'm, pretty I'm, I'm not kidding mason cobb is the only on that defense who i trust yeah when he gets there to secure a tackle but that that roster they don't have the depth no. they are so talented if anybody thinks that this is going to be just an easy walk through usc you're wrong. If they if they get half a brain cell, they'll make it a game. Yeah. All right. 503-864-6326. That is the Vancouver Ford text line. Danny Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. The fan. All right. Oh, uh, we got some little news and notes he's going on here. Mm, what you got for me? But, well, the Michigan versus Big Ten uh, saga, the sign-sealing saga, we could see, well, I won't say a resolution, but some sort of, um, I guess, pathway towards this thing coming to an end for at least this season. As now we're looking at Wednesday, uh, uh, reportedly, the Big Ten's at Wednesday as a deadline for Michigan to respond to the accusations that are against them uh, by the Big Ten. And now you have Michigan is all in on the defense and throwing out all the information that they can, including that Purdue, Rutgers, and Ohio State were in on a uh, a scheme to share Michigan signs with Purdue before the Big Ten championship game. Which, again, I'll say, that's more commonplace and they're saying that does that violate the sportsmanship rules of the Big Ten? I think that's a gray area. Michigan was more black and white that you like somebody was going on behalf of the school to film signals, and it's a sure. lot more coordinated. 
because sharing of information between schools on an opponent, that is more of like who are who are your friends in coaching and who are not. Mm-hmm. And that's I don't think that that's going to have much weight. Even though I don't think like the answer for this Michigan thing is to a bowl ban or a college football playoff ban. No, and that's the, not it. You what, suspend Harbaugh again, which is what they're talking about doing. And what's going to end up happening is at most he's going to get a couple game suspension and they'll write it off because Michigan is currently driving through with a contract extension for Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah. Like we 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 know what this is now. Yeah. So Michigan, which is I believe still the the most. Alumni in the country, I believe they 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 still produce. The I thought most. that was Ohio State. Is it Ohio State? I think it, it goes Ohio it goes State. back and forth between them. Yeah. Regardless, what I'm saying is like this is a school that produces a bajillion graduates every single year yeah. and has more lawyers than God. If they thought that there was any inkling of them coming up on the wrong side of this, they're not plowing through and giving Jim Harbaugh a deal. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But I just think that there's also this tribalism that we just get backed into a corner and we're going to go with our guy no matter what. Like in in these instances. Yeah, there is always that possibility. And look, from like what's lost in all of this is that it'd be one thing if this was the only issue that Michigan has going on and surrounding them. But the NCAA is looking at it as Jim Harbaugh just served a three-game suspension that we wanted to give him more games for. Mm-hmm. With the and I know it's just the cheeseburger thing, but you start adding these things up and you're like, okay, well, this is also the Big Ten versus the NCAA, I, so you've got to. But I think the Big Ten is the conference getting into this. I think that's more significant than the NCAA because the conference is the one that's supposed to have the schools back because they're it's a member institution. It's not just a member institution. That's, that's it's a... one of the biggest ones in their in their conference. It's the standard bear, and, and I mean that. That's we what makes have me think not they, seen they, this. Well, that's what makes me think they're not going to go that way. They're not going to go down that road that hard because it is Michigan. Because yeah. going, it, it's not an apples to apples comparison. But let's use USC in the Pac-12 when the Pac-12 was still viable, and USC said, "Come give us more money," and everybody else said, "No." They said, "Fine, screw you." And I think when you look at those power struggles in within conferences. I don't think it, Michigan's going to go anywhere. My hope is that they it's the last domino in conference realignment. They go to the SEC where the, espionage is accepted. That would be funny, I mean, if we're being honest. and I mean, the Big Ten would, I mean, that would be, you want to talk about a rivalry game between Ohio State and Michigan then? Holy crap. Um, Honestly, if you want two super conferences, that's that's the best way to get there. Breaking, having a, a civil war breakup between the Big Ten and SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could be talked into that. Yeah, but my point is, I, I just don't think that the Big Ten is going to martyr, you know, that kind of school. Vandy, Vandy, they're not going to. Or, or, or Purdue yeah. can get can get martyred. They're not going to punish. They're not going to punish the university. They're going to punish Jim Harbaugh, and I think that but all of. But he's one of their own, though. Everything around this, though. Ward Manuel, the AD, isn't a big fan of Jim Harbaugh. Like, <laughs> that's a people don't like Jim Harbaugh. That's the thing. And that's why, you know, Michigan will survive and Michigan will be there forever. Jim Harbaugh won't. And I think that's why we, we see them go after Harbaugh. And we'll see it either today or tomorrow. Um, the resolution to all that. Also, I saw somebody tweet something out that Connor Stallions, not only was he running that vacuum business, mm-hmm. 
Did you see the little quip about he also was airbnb his home and living in that truck that's parked out front of his house in the picture? I mean, that would make sense because that truck looked like somebody had been living in it. I'm sure the we, HOA loved that, too. Uh, I mean, we have a truck that is outside of our building what that somebody doing? is 100% living in, and it, the only doing? thing different between the truck out here and the one that was in that picture is the color. Yeah, yep, yep. All right, um, let's get to other sports we got to move on and we will move on uh coming up top of the next hour we will have college football rankings what it all means the top one loss and top two loss teams reside right here in the state great state of oregon that coming up at 2 at 1 30 we got ryan horvath our betql network insider uh from bet mgm tonight but where we start our number two the evolution of shade and sharp danny and dusty on the fan we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 